I'm Eric Priante Martin, and this is Green Seas, a podcast by Tradewinds about the environment and the business of the ocean. It's been a busy few weeks in the deliberations over how to tackle shipping's carbon emissions. It kind of reminds me of that sequence in Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, with the airplane and the map. The protagonist boards the plane, and the movie is set when crossing the Pacific required multiple stops. A red line traces the journey on a map from California to Hawaii to the Philippines, and ultimately Nepal. The journey of recent carbon discussions follows a different path, and it builds up to what's happening next week in London. But the first stop was last month in Sharm el-Sheikh, a resort on Egypt's Red Sea coast. Here's COP26 President Alok Sharma handing over the gavel to Sameh Shukri, who chaired this year's conference. I therefore declare His Excellency, Mr. Sameh Shukri, elected President of the 27th session of the Conference of the Parties. But after nearly two weeks of deliberations at the climate conference, there was little movement on the broader carbon-cutting goals in Egypt. Tradewinds reported that environmental groups expressed dismay at the lack of progress on phasing out fossil fuels or on strengthening pledges to halt global warming at 1.5 degrees Celsius. But for shipping, the feeling was different. On the ground of the COP27 conference, there was discussion of the industry's decarbonization challenge on nearly every day of the agenda. David Cummins is chief executive of the Blue Sky Maritime Coalition, a shipping industry group working to find decarbonization solutions in North America. I spoke to him over Zoom during the final days of COP27. There is a a strong sense of let's take action. You know, in COP25, the word shipping meant, you know, DHL and UPS, you know, nobody was talking about anything maritime. In COP26 uh, last year, you know, you got the, you know, let's the green shipping corridors and and the first movers coalitions and people started recognizing, you know, maritime as, as being important. Now, it's coming up in almost every conversation, almost every panel. And he said that the discussion wasn't just about big milestones far out in the future, but also about what steps can be taken by shipping now. Many shipping stakeholders at the event came away with an upbeat feeling about upcoming discussions at the International Maritime Organization, or IMO. But some stressed that the UN shipping regulator will have to take on stronger ambitions for 2050 and push for meaningful carbon cuts by 2030. Before we go to the IMO, let's get on Indiana Jones' propeller plane for a journey to Brussels, the capital of the European Union. The 27-nation bloc's key institutions made what some have called a landmark agreement to require shipping companies, for the first time, to buy carbon allowances in the EU's emissions trading system. And as you heard on this podcast last week, officials went a step further than the original proposal by agreeing to require shipping to buy credits for methane and nitrous oxide emissions. European Shipowners Group responded to the emissions trading agreement with both relief and a feeling of victory. The relief came from the long uncertainty over the shape of the final measure, which was initially proposed by the European Parliament, which then engaged in negotiations with the EU Council and the European Commission. And the victory came from the fact that it enshrined a polluter-pays principle that will put charterers and commercial managers on the hook 
and it included the investment of revenue into shipping's decarbonization. Yet some international shipping groups would rather see a global solution to shipping's carbon at the IMO. Lars Robert Peterson is Deputy Secretary General of the international shipping group BIMCO. He told me that after all the uncertainty caused by EU negotiations that were held behind closed doors, the details of the agreement are an okay compromise. But he said that when the revenue is used to help the maritime sector cut its carbon footprint, his organization wants to see those funds spent not just on EU flag shipping, since foreign flag vessels will also have to pay for their European voyages. We have been very clear uh, in our view on this that if there is a mechanism to feed some of this back into the industry, we have to make sure that the access to the fund is open to all those who actually contributed to the funds in the first place. Now, our journey takes us to London, the headquarters of the IMO. That's where a working group on greenhouse gas emissions has been meeting this week, and the Marine Environment Protection Committee will meet next week to discuss carbon. A key topic in the discussions will be whether to set a more ambitious target, like net zero, for the world's ships. The IMO's current target is aiming for a 50% cut by the middle of the century. But also under discussion is how to put a global price on carbon emissions, following what the EU has done. Kitek Lim, the IMO's Secretary General, told Tradewinds that consensus at the IMO is building toward a carbon levy that could raise up to $60 billion per year. Lucy Gilliam is a senior shipping policy officer at Seas at Risk, an association of environmental groups. She said she wants to see the IMO implement targets in 2030 and 2040, not just for 2050, that stay in line with capping global warming at 1.5 degrees. And the UN body should take on other greenhouse gases like methane and black carbon. And to push for those changes by 2030, there needs to be a package of measures, including a fuel standard and a price on carbon, whether that be a levy or other mechanism. At the end of the day, I want to see climate pollution priced. And I think there's a certain amount of flexibility around that. I think it's very, very important that we do generate a fund that supports um, climate vulnerable and developing countries. So we do need to make sure that a certain amount of revenue does go towards, you know, the, the countries that really have had the, the least to do with creating the problem. Shipping stakeholders will be watching how much progress the IMO makes towards these goals next week as the efforts come to a head at a July meeting of the Marine Environment Protection Committee. Here's more coverage of the environment and the business of the ocean. The Science-Based Targets Initiative has unveiled its long-awaited guidance for shipping companies to take part in the program that allows them to validate their decarbonization targets. And the trajectory to align with efforts to stop global warming at 1.5 degrees won't be easy, requiring ship owners to aim for essentially net zero by 2040. Joachim Nahem, chief executive of Position Green, said the guidelines are ambitious. This is challenging the shipping industry and it's challenging IMO. IMO as the sort of policy setter here and the, the sort of uh, the body that is going to set a standard for the industry is being challenged by SBTI because it's saying it's not ambitious enough. My colleague Tim Ferry reports in Recharge on a historic auction off California for leases to install floating wind turbines. Prices offered in the early bids have not been as high as expected. 
coming in well below the price per acre offered in recent bidding for East Coast offshore wind leases. Philip Tataro, chief executive of renewable energy analytics firm Intel Store, blamed the low bids on the challenging water depths off California's coast. Read about it at rechargenews.com. Also in California, our sister publication Intrafish has reported on new rankings from the Monterey Bay Aquarium on the sustainability of seafood. The aquarium's Seafood Watch has downgraded Chilean farmed trout to its list of fish that consumers should avoid because of high use of antimicrobials and pesticides. Read about it at intrafish.com. Greenseas is also a newsletter. Visit tinyurl.com slash greenseas4. That's tinyurl.com slash greenseas and the number four, where you can also subscribe to our email newsletter and this podcast. Music for this podcast is by Alexi Action on Pixabay. <laughs>